she just let me ride in. Black and White Podcast with Eric and Evan Elliott. What is up, brother? What is up? Oh, man. So much is up right now. It's insane. It's insane, right? It it appears. I mean, I'll start off by saying this. I'm in a lot better mood for this one than I was in the last one. Oh, absolutely. Because our last podcast was reacting to Comic-Con, right? Yes. Yeah, that, that, that was painful for DC. That, that was very, that was very, that was embarrassing. Very much. I mean, there, there's no way around that. And we'll, we'll get into to that more later. But honestly, I, I'll just say off the bat, I felt bad for Warner Brothers simply because, I mean, I'm sure they would have liked to have shown something from Aquaman and something from Flash, but Amber and Ezra have to act fools. Yeah. But anyways, go ahead and welcome the people. Man, welcome to J-House, the Black and White Podcast. We actually, actually have a great show in store, ladies and gentlemen, because for the first time, and I believe probably since the Snyder Cut announcement and since forever, we actually have a positive story to say about DC. And we and we made a vow, right, a long time ago that we would focus on more different content, you know, and we wouldn't give DC the attention until they brought us something worth discussing, something worth our time. It's been pretty difficult to stick to that since, but for the most part, I think we've stuck to that. And now, today, ladies and gentlemen, peep the headlines. Today, Evan was Warner Brothers' uh, second quarter earnings call, and uh, David Zaslow has been doing a lot of different press, doing a lot of different you know, things, uh, you know, making moves. And today was the day he explains, you know, where they lay out the earnings, you know, and then they talk about the future plans for, for, for Warner Brothers and for DC moving forward. So, of course, you know, David being the CEO, he's going to talk about everything else and blah, 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 blah. But what we were waiting for was for anything concerning a statement concerning uh dc at the current slate and what is going to happen with dc and he gave that to us today in multiple articles uh he has expressed that they are now laying out a 10-year plan moving forward with dc films a 10-year plan moving forward with DC Films. They're going to structure, and he is going to appoint a group over DC Films, a certain creative group, and they will head run and and showcase and, uh, and run uh, the DC brand. He said, quote-unquote, uh, on having to scrap Batgirl 2, he said, our job is to protect the DC brand brand 
that was via Hollywood Reporter. He says, you look at Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. These are brands that are known everywhere in the world. And he said, we've done a reset. We've restructured the business where we are going to focus. There, Where there's going to be a team with a 10-year plan focusing just on DC, we believe we can build a much more sustainable business. Later on in that article, he said, and I'm just laying foundations, just in case anybody didn't know. Later on, he says, it's very similar to the structure Alan Horn, for anyone who didn't know who Alan Horn was. That big news just dropped a few, I think last week, Alan Horn, who was there to greenlight movies like 300, the Dark Knight trilogy, all those, you know, movies from like the mid 2000s, early 2000s DC that were awesome. He greenlit those. So Alan Horn was brought back because he's been at Disney with Bob Iger and Kevin Feige these past 15 years making you know what. And so... Um, he says it's very similar to the structure Alan Horn, Bob Iger, and Kevin Feige put together very effectively at Disney. We think we can build a much stronger, sustainable growth business out of D.C. As part of that, we're going to focus on quality. We're not going to release any film before it's ready. D.C. is something we can make better. Boom. Boom. And that's 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 all that's all people have taken from this. And um, and I'm I'm looking at some of the reactions on Twitter and all that, you know, I'm not going to read into into their reactions too much or whoever else. I'm just going to say, it, you know, since I don't think anybody else is, I called it yesterday. Yesterday, I made a video. And I said in that video, Evan. I said in that video, and let me lay this context, and then I'll pass it to you. I said in that video, right, that I wouldn't blame DC if they went back to doing solo films just to focus on singular storytelling because that's what they're good at. And then I went on to further allude to how Marvel started out with that and doing singular story-focused films before they ever connected any of them. And then fast forward 10 or 15 years later, they've succeeded because of sticking to said, you know, vision and said tone and what they've done. And now they have the freedom to experiment outwards from that as a reward. And after that, I put a clip in there from 2013 when Zack Snyder was talking about DC. And this was in relative terms to the this is the answer in relative to the question about um about whether he felt like he was in competition now this has nothing let me establish this before you say anything or anyone else thinks anything my record still stands my my statement still stands that i don't believe that this means that the snyderverse is getting restored this i don't think it means that what i think it means is that they're going to maintain the elements that snyder started with and that they've carried and they're gonna do something different than what they've been planning henceforth batgirl getting canceled henceforth all this other stuff getting pushed out the way what elements are you referring to excuse me what like when when you say they're gonna keep elements of of snyder stuff in other words in other words not major recasting 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not seeing Jason Momoa go anywhere. You're not seeing uh, Gal Gadot go anywhere. Though them being the elements, you know, Pete, Soup, Matt, Henry Cavill, who I'm hoping is going to get an announcement very soon. I hope they bring him back. Ben Affleck, who wasn't originally in Aquaman 2, has been brought back in to do Aquaman 2 and reshoot some of those scenes and do additional scenes too. So he's staying for now. So there's a lot in play. They're not just planning on just like, you know what I'm saying, out the window. They're going to work with what they have with Flashpoint, and then they're going to build out from there. But I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get I'm a I'm a round back to that because I want to hurry up and pass it to you. Um, Zach said in 2013 that if he were to build out this cinematic universe for DC, you would have to do two things, and the first thing he said was important, which is number one, get Superman's house in order. That's what he said. And then number two, he said after you get Superman's house in order and take care of Superman. Then you go from there and you build all the same characters the same way top down. And he said, and I quote, you don't have to do it per, say, the Marvel way like they've done it. But you have to in some way get their house in order and build all the characters from top down, you know, starting with Superman and Batman and the main ones that are important. And then later on. He said that he'd had conversations with Chris about what they wanted to do with a cinematic universe and how they have this set tone that they established and that it works for them. That is what Zach said back in 2013. And why I bring that up is because David Zaslev brought up those exact points today. He said, we want to take care of the most important brands that we have at dc superman batman and wonder woman that's very important if you're gonna restart this or go at this again you're gonna have to build it from the top down and get superman's house in order you're gonna have to get batman in order well not that he needs much maintenance anyway but wonder woman as well and you're gonna have to get all that straight you know you're gonna have to take your time on this thing and learn to walk before you can run. Build stories from the top down and do one thing at a time. Focus on quality over quantity, as Dave Zaslov said. So rounding back to that question, that's when, the, when you say elements, what I'm saying, because I know everyone's going crazy right now, and, oh, this means the Snyderverse is going to get restored. I mean, hey, I hope that's the case. If not, I'm yeah. fine with it. Hold, I hope they think that. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. Hold on. I, I understand where you're coming from. Hold on. If they do that, then fine. But I also said in my video yesterday, I said, if not, if they're not doing that, if they're not going to do any of that, then they need to get their house in order and they need to have a plan moving forward or else just scrap it. And that's what I said yesterday. And lo and behold, today, he is instantly. Zaslav is, I mean, actions, this is a prime example to me of actions speak louder than words, Evan. This man has canceled the Batgirl film. This man is not necessarily scrapping all of CW. That took care of itself because of the bad quality. But 
all of these extra projects, all these things that they were, you know, a Supergirl film and all that stuff, he cut it out. Everyone, you know, that was involved with the mess before, gone. Zaslav has been putting in work. He brought back Alan Horn, who greenlit a lot of Zack's movies. He greenlit a lot of Christopher Nolan's movies. He greenlit a lot of great WB films and DC films during his time there. And he's been at Disney making, uh, helping run, uh, you know, their whole thing with the MCU and starting all that. So it's that, that is very important for him to be back at DC right now. That is absolutely important. So as it stands, bro, this is, this is exciting news to me because this is all I want to hear. This is all, this is all I need to hear. Do y'all have a plan? What are y'all going to do? Are y'all going to just, you know, start this crap all over again, or are you going to really take your time and do this? And Zaslav just said that, and that's important. Um, additional note, he also, concerning the Flash, he says he's seen the Flash, he's seen Black Adam, and he thinks those movies are awesome, and he think that, and he thinks that they can do them better, and he thinks that um, they they show a lot of uh, promise with with this reset. So. They haven't. He didn't really address because more rumors, of course, have come up with Ezra Miller today, claiming he's all this crazy. More Ezra Miller drama, whatever. But the, according to Zaslav, they, you know, he didn't necessarily address that head on. But there, it seems as though they're moving forward with the Flash and just, you know, putting it all right there, and then they're going to restart this thing and really take their time with it. So that's. That's that's all there is to it. Not the answer I want for the Flash, but hey, I mean it's all allegations and rumors until something concrete comes. So, but man, I'm 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 out of breath talking about it. I'm so excited. I'm 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 like, is this Warner Brothers being competent? I see. I'm like, what? Huh? Do I see a studio taking their time and slowing down? What? Is that what I saw, Evan? I'm like, okay, I can get with this new CEO. I can get with Zaslav. Hey, I, I, I like the sound of that. I like it. I like it, and I'm slightly more optimistic about DC moving forward. And I know what I said last podcast, but it didn't seem like anything was getting done. And now this week alone, Ben Affleck uh, is back. They've cut the background. They're cutting off all this extra excess stuff that has nothing to do with what the true plan is you got people in office Sazlev is here Alan Horn is back you got people back at DC that actually care about DC and that is exciting to me go ahead you said an awful lot <laughs> there's a lot there to address but before I address any of that Eric I did some research and I think it doesn't take much to realize what made them decide to do this humongous switch that they're doing right now. Mm. I, I don't really, th I think it's common sense why they're doing what they're doing. So to say the least, and bear with me on this, the DCU has been very rocky since day one. It's been split. It's never been united. It's never been, everybody's been on the same page. And, and I think even you have to agree with that. 
Yeah, it's never it's never been a hundred percent unity. It's been, right, it's never been yeah. like the MCU. Well, and I mean, and with the MCU, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, these are popular heroes, but definitely not to the extent of like a Batman or a Superman. Like the MCU really took its sweet time getting built, but you put them three together, oh, everyone cares about the Avengers. Oh, yeah. Just the way that was built was perfect. And and I've said on this podcast since day one, since day one of this podcast, Eric, I've said the DCU was what? Rushed. My stance on that has never changed. I said from day one, I said, you you really think you're going to do in two movies? Because that's what they wanted to do. They're like, okay. Marvel took their sweet time establishing who these characters are. Mm-hmm. We don't want to wait. Yeah. We don't want to make a solo Batman movie or a solo Wonder Woman movie and build this more. No, 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 no. Snyder, right here, right now, give us Batman and Superman and Doomsday and Lex Luthor and Wonder Woman all in the same movie. Yeah. It was very it was very very game of thrones season eight-esque where we are taking so much story and just running through it yeah we're giving you no time to process emotion we are just going through it and heck dude and in batman v superman they did it in more like 30 minutes because two hours of that movie is talking beautiful talking Yes, I mean, you can call it beautiful, but it is, you know, two hours of bill. You've got to wait two hours to get to the good stuff, which is a bit of a wait for most people. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Here's the main point. This is so interesting, Eric. This shows what happens when you rush versus when you take your time. Okay. So the MCU's first billion-dollar film. Well, actually, let's start with the beginning of the DCU. Because this is, this blew my mind, Eric. You ready? Yeah. All right. So Man of Steel comes out. This is the history. Man of Steel comes out six hundred sixty-eight million dollars. That's pretty good for your first movie. You know, Superman. He's the OG of DC, but he's never been the draw Batman's been. But he's Superman. You know. Mm-hmm. So then BVS comes out eight hundred seventy-three million. Not what they wanted, but not terrible. But the negatives start setting in here. Critics hate it. Fans are mixed. Well, then the hype kind of went from sort of shaky to straight bad. Because remember the next movie that came out immediately following that? Yeah. 2016, arguably, in my opinion, I will argue this point, that was the worst movie DC's ever made. I can argue that I, I will put it up against Batman and Robin. I will put it up against anything that 2016 Suicide Squad was one of, if not the worst films DC's ever put out. It made $746 million, but who cares? After that movie, hype went down big time. Or so I thought. But then the lovely Gal Gadot miraculously brought in 828 million dollars 
and DC released a really solid film. So now things look a little bit better, don't they? Yeah, going yeah, going into JL at that time, I was feeling very good. Yeah. And then Justice League happens. Yeah. The one thing you and I have never disagreed on this show. Never. Movie was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. And it get this Aquaman brings in a billion following it. And it's shown that that was a fluke and that people lost interest because the very next DC movie was Shazam which brought in $366 million. Mm. A total bomb. Contrast that with what the MCU did. After the first Avengers movie that made a billion, the very next movie that came out, Iron Man 3 made a billion, Thor 2 made 644, and then Winter Soldier made 748. There is why Warner Brothers said, Something's got to change because they're looking at Marvel and they're saying, you've got superheroes. We've got superheroes. And not only that, we've got the two most popular superheroes ever. I mean, dude, Batman by himself is the most box office superhero of all time prior to Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Yeah. But, I mean, I would still say that Batman as a character is most box office because I don't think you could put another... I don't think anyone would be interested in another Iron Man in this generation. No. Iron Man... Mm, no. So, I mean, that'll be a while. That's going to be a long time. The DC saying, or Warner Brothers saying, we've got these two guys that are more popular than anyone Marvel had starting out with. Yeah. And, and yet... Here they are bringing in billions and billions and billions of dollars hand over fist, just unstoppable. And you know it's got to make them feel sick that they've been trying to do this since 2016. And Marvel just had not one but two billion dollar films with both the Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame movies. Yeah. I mean, that's got to make you feel sick. I told you I told you that that day that that day when we were at the theaters well I was at the theater I I wasn't with you for I was with I wasn't with you for Endgame I don't know if it was Infinity War either but I told you that day you asked me what I was feeling I said bro all I could feel was that man this is where DC could have been that's all I was saying Exactly and you know what makes it even worse is the fact that there is a perfectly orchestrated animated universe so it's not like these characters don't have good source material out there yeah so there's just been no excuse for some of these products that we've gotten like Suicide Squad and Justice League those two films have been a nightmare to overcome because those were two team up movies you had two films with a lot riding on them and hype. And you could tell there was a lot riding on them and hype because both of them had a huge opening weekend. After that, not so much. Right. Because once people saw it, they were like, this is trash. I mean, I, I, 
I, I'm trying to be nice and be fair about this, dude, but when it comes to 2016 Suicide Squad, man, and then Justice League following, that was the era of we are the not-as-good MCU. We are the dollar store MCU. Right. That's what it felt like. And it was sickening for me because it's like, man, how are you going to give us the Nolan trilogy? And then we got to watch this garbage. Right. Like you expect me to watch Heath Ledger's Joker and you set a bar that high. And then the next Joker we get is Jared Leto, who serves absolutely no purpose. Yeah. No, nothing against Jared as an actor. He's great, but he didn't. I mean, the I've went on this rant a thousand times about, you know, the way him being marketed. You thought he was in the movie a lot. Then he's in it for like five minutes for no reason, but not, neither here nor there. The bottom line is something mm. had to change. They yeah. saw that they were just getting lucky here and there with select films like Aquaman. They're like, we have no guarantee moving forward. Like, what project <laughs> we have moving forward that people are really buzzing about? I mean, yeah, sure, Black Adam will probably do good, but it ain't trending. It's not trending. You know what's trending? Phase five. That's what's trending. Yeah. Phase six is what's trending. Phase six, yeah. Secret Wars is trending. And I know it's not fair to compare. Some people are like, well, it's like comparing your quarterback to Patrick Mahomes. Fair enough. But I'm just telling you why Warner Brothers is feeling kind of sick right now. And I'm saying they kind of have a right to. They have every right to be feeling sick. Yes. But I hope, because, I mean, self-pity don't accomplish anything. It really doesn't. No. Just, just feeling sorry for yourself. You know, Warner Brothers doesn't have time to feel sorry for themselves. And they know that. They know that they don't have time. They've got to get something going. So, I mean, I'm just speculating here. Batgirl gets canceled. I'm not shocked at all. I'm I'm really not. That was a film that was generating absolute I forgot about it. I forgot about it. Like I'm I'm not trying to, to be that's mean. No, that's no be, insult on Batgirl. That's no that's insult no on the insult. I'm not trying to disrespect her or the 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 the, the, the anything. I'm we're not trying to be mean. I'm just saying I have not seen and I'm on the DC pages all the time. Yeah. I'm on there. We're on there. Nobody's talking about Batgirl. Nobody's talking about that. I, I'm I'm sorry that they're just not. Don't ask me why. Call it sexism. Call it whatever. That there's a reason. People ain't talking about it. Exactly. I'm of the belief that the reason people aren't talking about Batgirl. This is my theory. When the MCU started out, they didn't start out with Guardians of the Galaxy. They no. didn't start out with Ant Man. They didn't start out with Doctor Strange or Hawkeye or Black Widow. They started out establishing the OGs, and they built up hype off of them, Avengers, right? And then even Phase 2, for the most part, was the, the first three films was Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. Right. And then we got introduced to a lot more people once Captain America, Civil War, Guardians, Ant-Man, and all these other movies came out. When yeah. those films came out, 
at that point, the MCU had already established itself as right. something massive, as something that got people excited. Exactly. The DCU hasn't done that. It no. has not built up the hype. People <clears throat> are going to be excited about a Batgirl. You got to get them excited about Batman before you get them excited about Batgirl. Exactly. I'm sorry. You just do if you're going to build a cinematic universe. Thank you're you. not going to start a cinematic universe with Batgirl. I'm Thank sorry. You. You're, you're not. You're not going to. And you're definitely not going to. Batgirl's not going to be your billion dollar film. It may be very, very good. It may be 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It may be a very, very great film. And it may be one of our favorites, but it's just not going to dominate the box office. Because DC has yet to build up that hype where side characters are interesting. I I'd submit to you a Nightwing or a Red Hood movie would flop just the same at this point. Yeah, because you don't have your house in order. But you know what's interesting? I'd be willing to bet you, though, Batgirl would have been more successful if she would have been in the Robert Pattinson universe. I guarantee you it would have been greenlit. Most likely, yeah. I, I feel I would like agree this has everything to do with you're a part of the DCU storyline that all these years in is still unclear. I mean, this started in 2016 with Batman v Superman. Here we are, it's 2022, and we are no more clear on even where the story begins. What continuity we're in. Yeah, th that's the right. issue. I mean, with the MCU, with the first cutscene, we're like, oh, the Avengers Initiative. Okay. Hold up. Wait a minute. Which Avengers we talking here? And then you see Iron Man, or, and then you see... uh. Thor and Cap, and you're like, whoa, them three, right? And, and it was that, and it was also the combination. And, and this is another thing the MCU has done right that the DCU just hasn't. The MCU has yet to miss on a casting. Show me the casting they missed on. Let me think. Now leave villains out of it, just heroes. Heroes, I can't really point to one because, I mean, even if the, even if someone wanted to say Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk, you can't necessarily say that because he's been a great Hulk. We don't agree with the direction he's been in, but he's nah, still he a great Hulk. Until Endgame. That, that, Mark Ruffalo is a fair point after Endgame, in yeah. my opinion. It's fair. Professor yeah. Hulk is garbage, in my opinion. He, he is. He's good. I was talking to someone online. They were like, you know what's in the comics? And I said, well, you know what? You, you uh, Send me those comics, and I'll use them to wipe barbecue sauce off my hands because that's the only thing they're good for in my eyes. No offense if you like those comics. Anything bad about you personally, but, I mean, to just, in my opinion, to take Hulk, who is all about Anger, rage, and destruction. I mean, what genius at D at Disney was like, hey guys, how are we going to make a game? Do we give him his rematch against Thanos where he gets some shots in and, you know, Hulk gets his revenge? <gasps> Heck no, I got something better. Oh, really? What is it? <gasps> what if? 
we just take Mark Ruffalo, make him green, and make him talk, and Hulk will be comedic relief the whole movie. Yeah. That is every bit as bad as Deadpool and X-Men Origins in my eyes. It's that level downgrade, especially when Edward Norton was freaking amazing. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. Hulk in that movie smashed. He is the standard. He smashed. He is. Everyone about Edward Norton looking at Bruce Banner say whatever you want. The Hulk and Abomination fight, masterpiece. Masterpiece. Yep. Love it. Perfect. But back on DC, this was inevitable. This had to happen. This overhaul, because like, where is this going? We still don't know. Well, and the that. only thing that they've been successful in has been things that have had nothing to do with the DCU. And exactly. More importantly, the only projects that have generated hype have been non-DCU projects. And I guarantee you it bothered them that Aquaman is their only billion-dollar film. Because they're like, wait a minute, Aquaman made a billion, but Wonder Woman didn't. And yet she's supposed to be one of our flagship characters. How does this work? And they're like, and wait a minute, immediately following our billion-dollar film, Shazam flops. So clearly we have a problem of hype. Well there well, there is a little caveat to that situation to that one right there. Because well not necess- well not necessarily with Shazam because you're absolutely right. And you know, Aquaman making a billion like it like it did, but <clears throat> the only caveat I would add to that is that <clears throat> I'm sorry, clear my voice. Um, like I've always said DC for the better part of the past decade or two decades, man, has been Batman heavy. You know what I'm saying? And in the comics, yeah, you know, the Trinity gets their shine. But when it comes down to this movie business for the past 10, 15 years, man, it's always been Batman. Batman has been that guy. He's been the top earning uh, character cinematically for DC. And no one else has. And so when you're coming to a a stage where, you know, Marvel has experimented more with different characters. They've had a Fantastic Four movie. They've had Ghost Rider. They've had Punisher. They've had Daredevil and Elektra. They've had Spider-Man and Hulk and X-Men. Marvel has dug more in their bag, I would say, even before the MCU, than DC did pre-MCU or pre-any of that during the during the 2000s. DC didn't dig in that bag necessarily like Marvel did. And so when it now, you know, when it comes down to your cinematic universe, I do believe DC put themselves behind in my opinion on that scale because what other characters have had cinema... When was the last time you heard of a Wonder Woman movie theatrically? You know, when was the last time you heard about Superman getting a movie theatrically? You know what I'm saying? hasn't been that much hype. There hasn't been any attempts at that as much as there have been Batman movies. You know what I'm saying? And so I do think DC put themselves in a hole doing that. So that's why I'm I'm always stressing that point with Wonder Woman making the money it did and doing as well as it did because I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like, I was there for that. 
And I'm like, that's a good Wonder Woman movie, you know, and in the process, they put female superheroes back on top of the game and put them in the, in the mix, you know, with that with that film. And that opened the door for a lot of other things to happen. So I'm like, okay, Wonder Woman is that. So I give Wonder Woman that because they haven't gotten as much shine, you know what I'm saying, as Batman has. But now you got DC trying to, you know, put get ahead of themselves again, like you said earlier, you know, and they're coming out with Batgirl and, um, you know, Supergirl and all these other projects. And, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, you haven't even got your house in order you haven't even dealt with the the core you haven't given superman his respect you haven't given wonder Woman. i mean you know what i'm saying? like get your house in order deal with the more important characters first and then we can go dig in the bag here and we can you know play with everything else it's like well, the mcu and plus if you want to give batgirl a proper introduction let her first be seen with Batman in a Batman movie. Exactly. Because Batgirl is that. She was written as a side character. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being a side character. Yeah. Nightwing, Robin, they're all side characters when compared to Batman. I mean, that there's just no arguing that point when you look at numbers that have been pulled in. Batman, whether you love him or you hate him. He's that dude. Yeah. He's LeBron James. You know, it's like, why is LeBron James mentioned more than any NBA player? He's LeBron. Yeah. He's LeBron. That's all I got to say. He is LeBron. He is Batman. Yeah. That simple. Now, here's where things get interesting. So, you're canceling Batgirl. Mm Mm-hmm. You... Do nothing at Comic Con. You show Shazam and Black Adam, which may be something as simple as, you know, let's see how these films do. And if they're successful, we'll keep them around. If not, we at this point, we're just going to cut Shazam and Black Adam. Yeah. That's what, that's my guess. I'm really thinking at this point, it's like Shazam's had a sequel. He, if he gives us two flops, we can take a hint. Um, yeah. I'm very curious, given that there's new allegations out about Ezra Miller. What do you do with Flash? Because here you are, you're you're Warner Brothers. You've spent, I mean, 90 million's a big loss. You've spent 90 million dollars or 70 million, whatever it was on Batgirl. Not enough to keep you up at night, I guess, if you're a studio. You're not going to smile over losing that much. But $200 million? That's... It's too much. It's that, too much money invested. That That's a lot. And I've noticed there has been almost zero, zero promotional material for this film. Like, when was the last time you saw anything hyping this film up? About last year, god dang, I think. Last year, year before. I mean, it's been that long. Like, they have really been taking their time. They've been walking on eggshells through this whole Flash thing. So, and I can't say I blame them because they really did put all their eggs in this basket. This is going to be the film to reset everything. 
This is going to be the film to make it right. This is going to be the film. It's all going to make sense after this. Yeah. And to Warner Brothers' credit, or not really credit, but I guess their defense, it's not their fault Ezra did what he did. No. You can't predict that. And it's also, at this point, nothing more than allegations. Yeah. And it's it's important we bring that up. I am not defending Ezra in any shape, form, or fashion. I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm just saying at this point in time, he has not been convicted of anything. So we're we're just going to treat it like it is. It's allegations and not make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. You know, that's... Can't really say he is not looking good, but we can't really well, say well, well, no, he's guilty I mean, until even like, you don't even want a- allegations themselves are a PR nightmare. They are. But I'm thinking, you know, there was one thing I was reading. We're talking allegations of grooming. So I'm thinking if he gets convicted you pretty much have to take the loss or you do at the very least you do reshoots which is going to take god knows how long because that film's in post-production now and then at that point who's even going to be hyped to see it exactly because i mean you know you, you keep postponing something over and over and over and over again and you set a bar that may just be too high it ain't nothing they could do. They can't move it. They can't move that film. I I mean, it's sad. I mean, and on top of everything else, like I just said, the, the one uh, bright spot, Aquaman, you got your sequel coming out. Well, now, thanks to Amber Heard and that situation, you've got another potential dud on your hands. Yeah. Because I mean, Warner. I mean, you got to think about this, dude. It's really Warner Brothers has found themselves in some very unfortunate situations. Now, some people are calling it karma. If you want to call it that, that's fine. Uh, I some, just, some of it is, some of it isn't. I mean, I just think they've gotten unlucky. They've gotten very unlucky with Ezra. I mean, you can't predict this stuff. You can't predict the Amber Heard. To, like, you can never predict what's going to happen in someone's private life. Nah. You know, and, and I've been saying one thing I've been saying since day one is Warner Brothers wants to make money just as much as Disney. Right. And that is why Disney's doing what they're doing with the MCU. They're doing a phase five and six. Why? Because they know they're about to make hand over fist ridiculous cash. They know it. It's guaranteed. It's coming. Yeah. It's the MCU. Right. So, I mean, the DCU could never stop. That's how come whenever we had these conversations and you would say stuff like they need to go back to solo films, which I agree, that would have been fine. I never thought they would do that because you can't ignore what Marvel's doing. It's worth it to try and try and try again until something works to get a taste of what Marvel's accomplished. And maybe DC's just got to go through trial and error. But, I mean, dude, there's a reason why everything now is becoming a franchise. What I mean, seriously, why do you think everything now is getting a spinoff show, 
a prequel show, a sequel, some new interconnected stuff. Why do you think that is? All Marvel. It's because the MCU has shown people the just this new bar of what you can do with cinema. Yeah. Everybody wants a piece of it. And they're doing it with superheroes. And Warner Brothers is looking like, wait a minute. We've got Batman and Superman. Why are we not making money with these guys? What do we need to do? And finally, they've realized we've been doing something wrong. We can admit that. Yeah. And so they're doing this overhaul. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But it's certainly encouraging knowing that it seems like they're not interested in being uh, MCU light anymore. Yeah. And pe- and people are don't get the don't get that confused. You know, people people get that confused with you know them saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do what Marvel did." Not in a not in a necessarily like that way, but it's more so just the fact that we're going to have a plan moving forward. You know what I'm saying? We're going to right. plan this out like Marvel did, because Marvel didn't just <clears throat> start coming out with. <clears throat> with um random movies they plotted this out they planned this out it was there from the beginning from the very first iron man iron man movie all this stuff was plotted out it was written and so that's where they're going that's where they're going with this and david saslov pointed out that you know they're not just dropping movies that they don't believe in they're not gonna drop movies until they're ready and i'm like yes precisely um him putting together a team and appointing a team over DC films. That lets me know that, okay, I need to get people over this that actually care about these characters. And then I need to move out the way because, and, and one of the things that I know that we can point to about why the DCU wasn't as well received was because it was martyred with creative strife. It was, you know, we can go back and we can point to everything, you know, every argument, every uh, every article that came out. You know, Zach wanted to do this, but the studio said this and the studio said this, but David Ayer went and did that. And just a clear lack of, uh, you know, no, you know, vision there between, you know, the studio and the creative talent, no relationship there. And it really got bitter and it really got sour. And so, um, you know, at Marvel, I mean, yeah, you'll hear about how a director wanted to do this, but, you know, Marvel said, yeah, that's kind of not what we're going for, you know, because this is our vision. And they walk away and they're like, okay, I'll go do something else because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has set its mind up as to what kind of a tone it's going to be and what they're going to do. And they're not going to deviate from that for anything. And I'm like, okay, that's respectable. DC, on the other hand, they never had that. You know what I'm saying? Zach said that me and Nolan talked about it. And for our universe, for this that we're about to embark on, we have this tone that we like and we think that we should stick to it. And we talked to the studio and said, hey, we should stick with this. You know, did they did they do that? No, Warner Brothers didn't, as we can obviously see. But all in all, there has to be unification there between studio and 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 creative. So I'm really glad I think that's the biggest positive for Zaslav to say that he's appointing a team over this to plot that out. 
you know, we I don't want to hear any more about studio interference. I don't want to hear studio executives trying to do creator jobs or any because we don't want to repeat this again. You know what I'm saying? No customer fan base or no part of your fan base should have to push, you know, for two or three years to see a movie that should have came out way back when or even after the fact. No, no one should have to do that. Fan base shouldn't be split right now between, you know, two different directions or whatever. It shouldn't be like that, man. So there has to be unification there. And I'm glad that they're going to WB is going to get out the way. You know what I'm saying? And let the creators do their job. Let them do this thing because they know what they're doing. They care about these characters. They know what they're doing. Get out the way. Don't rush it. Don't be in such a rush because I admit and I and that was one thing that I hated to admit about BVS, but I, I knew it was true because I'm like, this movie is so controversial and it's so splitting to me, you know, and in the comments when I look at people's reactions to it, because it's a tale of two different directions. On on one hand, you got Zach trying to tell this really deep story about two of the greatest characters in DC Comics history and bring it together for the Dawn of Justice uh, but on the other hand, you got Warner Brothers saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry, hurry up, you know, put the Justice League in there. We need all this. You know what I'm saying? And it just it doesn't end well. It doesn't it doesn't go well as far as the reception of that film, even though I think it turned out to be a masterpiece. There's no denying the struggle that you can see behind the scenes with the creative and with warner brothers and that's haunted them all throughout the dceu so if you're going to do it this time whether you bring snyder back or if you're appointing this new team like zaslov says get out the way let these folk do what they they know what they're doing get out the way don't rush it you know what i'm saying because now you're double time in the game now it's double time you know what i'm saying bro it's like we're race. it's like it's like marvel is usain bolt right from a business perspective and they're racing, right? And you're just some, you know what I'm saying? Whoever like Usain's lapped you twice by now. Marvel's lapped this thing. They ran the victory lap already. They're just doing side quests and getting ready to, you know, wrap it up, you know, per se or do whatever. They're already on to the next race. We're still on the first track. DC is still on the first lap. You know what I'm saying? So take your time. Don't rush and make good movies, man. Just do that. It's not it's not hard at all. You know what I'm saying? To to give the fans what they want and to be receptive of what is what is being said. You know what I'm saying? Listening to the fan base. You know what I'm saying? Just st- studios doing what studios are supposed to do. Because any indication of what we've seen over the past three, four, five years, that is not how a studio is supposed to act, Evan. It's not it's not how a studio is supposed to conduct or operate things concerning a cinematic universe. It's not. And Kevin Feige and his team have been the gold standard for that. So <clears throat> I hope moving forward that you know, this is a good thing. I'm I'm optimistic about it because I know what my mood was last time. I was like, man, y'all can hang it up after what Marvel just did. Y'all can hang it up. But the CEO and the new head who's been move, making moves and, and firing people and, you know, cleaning out old blood and 
instituting new things, you know, to hear that from him, I think that's a big positive. And I think a lot of people should be more optimistic about this for DC. I mean, I couldn't agree more, man. I'm, I've been saying on this show a lot, I've been having to force myself to be optimistic. This time, I really don't have to force myself anywhere near as hard because at the very least, I can say change is coming. It's coming. Like, and, you know, change is a good thing more often than not. So, I mean, all I can do is what I've always done, just pray and be like, please, God, let this be the one that works. Let it be the one. Because, I mean, you've got, at this point, you can't plead ignorance. There's so many things that they can look back on and say, okay, the successful DC properties are dark. They just are. That's just DC. The people that are fans of DC are the ones you got to please first. Please them. Make DC movies DC movies. Please. I understand you can't do it straight to the comics. MCU don't do it either. But you've got to have some tie-in to DC and what it's always been. Right. Because when I think DC, I think of the most powerful monologues and most powerful back and forth written in comic book history. I think thought uh, provoking comic books. I think iconic fights uh, as well. But DC has always been known for its dark and gritty tone. That's what's made it amazing. Facts. And so, like I've always said, dude, it's so. It's like my, my dad used to tell me this all the time. I'll use this analogy. Whenever I would make, I, I was in high school, and it was my junior year, and I made a, uh, I made a C in one of my classes. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal because I had all A's and B's. But my dad, dude, he got on me. He was furious about me having a C. I'm like, Dad, there's kids in my class with F's and all this other stuff. And he's like, son, two things. Number one, I don't care about all the other kids. Number two, I'm mad because you've got all A's in these other classes and you've got one C. So that tells me this should at least be a B. I know you can do better. That's why I'm mad. I'm not expecting you to be perfect, but I know you're not trying. Right. With DC, it's the same thing. Now, do I expect every film to be the Dark Knight? Absolutely not. That, that's a ridiculous standard. That was a once-in-a-lifetime movie. That's like expecting every quarterback to be Tom Brady. It's just not going to happen. No. Right? Um, but they've made some great movies since, like Joker, The Batman. They've made great films. So it's so hard for me to watch Heath Ledger be Heath Ledger and Tom Hardy be Tom Hardy and then watch Jared Leto, and then watch, you know, uh, Ben Affleck and Justice League. Yeah. You know, and watching just these characters be unrecognizable, almost parody versions of themselves. It's hard to watch, but I am so glad that we've got change coming. Yeah. I'm very glad. And, and just seeing the moves happen, man. Seeing seeing people go and projects announced and just 
just this is good. This is very good stuff. No. This is very good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, 10 quick minutes. I need your thoughts. Yes. All right. So we got to talk some quick sports. We have to. We got to. There's one topic I really want your thoughts on because I know you'll have a lot to say. Kevin Durant requesting a trade out of Brooklyn. What are your thoughts? Should he request the trade? Does, is this a good look for him, a bad look for him? Do you think he'll get traded at all, and if so, where? I think that this is a bad look for Kevin Durant because, yet again, he seems to be going out, getting out of another situation where it doesn't seem like they can win, you know, and he's trying to go to someplace else where there's a stacked team, you know, with the best players so that he can win another championship. And that's just not going to cut it. It's just, you know, he's one of the greatest scorers to ever touch the floor. Yes, but come on, man. Come on. Requesting a trade again? How many teams are you going to go to, man? Like, come on. Like, when are you going to get your feet your, your feet in the ground and, and decide this is where we're going to win a championship at. Like, come on, man. You got Kyrie Irving. Y'all can, y'all can make that happen if y'all stay healthy and Kyrie stays off the, you know, whatever he's on. But, I mean, requesting another trade, man, I mean, at this point, it, it doesn't matter. It's not going to put KD in any more of the GOAT conversation than he already is if he is at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not. He's it's not gonna happen, bro. So, I mean, he can go to whoever he wants to, man. He can go to the Lakers if he wants. I'm hearing trade talks about uh Anthony Davis and KD being traded, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no way that'll happen. Ain't no way that'll happen. Ain't no friggin' way. Yeah, just no. It's not a good look for KD. And at this point, I mean, dude, go wherever you want. You're still ring chasing. Just go wherever you want. Oh yeah, you know there's a there, there, there's a lovely verse in the Bible that I think perfectly fits this situation. Talking about KD and yeah, explaining that it's not hating on him. There's a verse in the Bible that says, "To whom much is given, much is required." Much is required. Kevin Durant being. Or actually, another great way of putting it is to quote, Spider-Man, with great power comes great what? Responsibility. Everybody wants the great power. Everybody wants the big paycheck. Everybody wants the praise when the team wins. Nobody wants the blame when the team loses. Right. That's That's just how it is, man. And it's always the players, the ones that get the most respect, are the ones that when stuff goes south, they're there just like, you know what, it's on me, it's on me. And then next year we watch them win it all. Right. That's what's inspirational. That's what we love about sports is those legends. You know, you think about, like, Tom Brady being down 28-3 in the uh, Super Bowl. 
You think about LeBron James being down 3-1 to one against the Warriors. You think of things like that. LeBron is in the GOAT conversation, largely in part because of that series. Yes. Very largely in part because of that series. I firmly believe if Golden State wins that series, this is not a discussion. It's not. Not at all. But look, in terms of KD, I said all that to say this. When it comes to criticizing KD, KD gets the amount of criticism he does precisely because he is as great as he is. All NBA players are not judged equally because even though it's a professional level, they're not equal. There's levels to this, and the greater you are, the more is expected of you. If Zach Wilson in the NFL has a bad game, no one cares. No one cares. He's a rookie. He's he's a second-year quarterback. Who cares? Right. You know, he plays for the Jets. They're not expected to win anything. Who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Patrick Mahomes have a bad game, what happens? It's all ESPN can talk about. Yeah. And it's not – Oh, man, they just choose to hate on Brady. They just choose to hate on Aaron. No, they talk about the best players. Why? Because we want to hear about the best players. Most people want to hear about the best players. Yeah. The majority wants to hear what are the best players doing, right? Yeah. You want to hear about the best teams. Kevin Durant being as great as he is puts him in the spotlight. There is tremendous pressure on him. And he says things like, I just don't – I don't want to be a leader. I just want to hoop. <laughs> you know, it's. I love what Chris Broussard said. If you just want to hoop, go play some pickup ball at the rec. Don't right. play in the – it's like if an actor went to Hollywood and was like, man, look, I'm not trying to lose all this weight and, and let y'all put all this makeup on me. I, I just want to act. Yeah. You know what they're going to say? All right, we'll take your butt down to the local theater. Do that. Go act. We're here. We have rules. And we and there's expectations. That's the big thing. There's expectations. Well, great right. power comes great responsibility. Being a professional athlete, pressure comes with it. Right. Right. And Kevin Durant pulled an all-time weak move going from a team where he had the Warriors down three to one, had them down, had them one, one game away, and he couldn't do it. Yeah. That is not why people hate him. That's fine. That Man, things happen. It'd be things like that. happen. But then you leave for the team you had down three to one? Yeah. No wonder Russ felt some type of way about that. Betrayal. I don't blame Russ. Now, man, poor Russ. He's unrecognizable now, but. <laughs> Better get right this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, LeBron would have already traded him if they could have traded him. If he did, they, they didn't owe him, like, what, 30? I think they owe him 40 mil. Something. Man, I never thought that would work either. I didn't think it would either. He, yeah. he ain't playing his role. He's too aggressive. No. Yeah, but to finish up on KD, yes, he is all-time great. But he is good enough 
to be in the GOAT conversation. He could be. Could be. He could be. If he could, and when he goes, to, or at the very least, he could settle the debate, who's the greater player, me or LeBron? Who's the face of the generation, Katie or LeBron? Well, LeBron James went to Cleveland. He had some help. He established a culture. He won a ring. He went to Los Angeles. He gets AD. They make it happen. They win a ring. Yep. LeBron's done it twice. I don't bring up Miami because they were kind of favorites, you know? Oh, yeah. Super team. Yeah, they weren't really the underdog. LeBron built the culture. That was D. Wade's team. Yeah. Kevin Durant has never done that, but he's good enough to, and that's what drives people crazy. Yeah. Giannis is getting more respect than KD. Why? Because Giannis stayed with Milwaukee, beat KD, and won a title. All, all, not by, not, by, not on his own. But he, you know what I'm saying. He ain't go switch on nobody. I mean, did, did it with his own squad. And he even called out KD talking about, "I took the hard way. I didn't leave." Exactly. I mean, and now he's getting the max contract. But dude, I'm telling you this. Let me get your thoughts on this. It's my opinion because you know the NBA has been having struggling with ratings. Yeah. In the regular season. Yeah. I feel like the reason for that's pretty simple. <clears throat> Let me see if you can't think of a better one. I'm of the opinion of two things. Number one, that the NBA is a star-driven league. Okay. The the NFL is more of like a, a sport-driven league. Like, you'll watch the two worst NFL teams play just because it's football. Yeah. Whereas basketball, you're more inclined to watch because it's either your favorite team or there's an amazing player. Right. All right. Well, since it's a star-driven league and people watch it for the stars, what happens when the stars don't play? Ain't nobody tuning in to that. So, yeah. And I understand with load management that sometimes the teams are forcing it. But, I mean, dang. I'm of the opinion that nobody watches it anymore because the stars like LeBron James, he's, well, I mean, he's old. That's not necessarily fair. But, I mean, namely Kyrie Irving. Yeah. That Just, man is committing highway robbery doing what he's doing. Bro, I mean, making millions and million Like, it's because the, the product <clears throat> of the NBA, and it's, it's very star-driven. You know what I'm saying? We'll watch football. You know, just because it's football, football is different. Anyone can make the difference in football. You know, yeah, you'll have stars on the team, but anyone can make the difference and and change. We've had people, you know, come out the woodwork and be great in football. You know what I'm saying? And and do things that even the goats couldn't do. You know, that's what's so crazy about football. It's anybody's game. 
You know what I'm saying? And you could watch two of the most garbage teams in the NFL and still be entertained by a great game. But with the NBA, you know, the the quality of basketball is so because, you know, hooping is a different sport, man. It's it's different. You know what I'm saying? Being on that court is it's different. And it really is about star matchups, you know, who who guards Braun or who guards KD, you know, or who whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? Who can shoot the most three? It's a star driven game. And you got guys like Curry and Braun and all these different guys, man. That's a lot. And people want to see that. That's why those guys get paid so much money, man. What you pay, you get what you pay for, man, with 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 stars like that. And I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but NBA games are expensive. They're like so dude, like I, that's what I loved about Kobe. May he rest in peace. You know, talked about, you know, I gotta play through this injury. What about that one kid who saved up and paid all their money to come see me play tonight? I gotta play. You know what I'm saying? Or Steph Curry being out for injury one game, but the next game coming back and the kid that uh, wanted to see him, he signs uh, her her shoes or gives her a pair of shoes and signs her jersey, you know what I'm saying, to make up for that and then puts on a stellar performance. That's what it's all about, man, with the NBA. Like, it's as intense as it gets, you know? And so you you the ratings, I think, I think, I think it's a very star-driven league. I will definitely – nobody's going to go watch two basketball teams full of nobodies, you know, shooting for 20% from the field. And, you know, it's like, what, uh, uh, 88 to 88 or 88 to 87 in the fourth quarter. Like, no one's going to want to watch that crap. It's not – no, no one's going to want to watch that. So, Yeah. I mean, half the time I tune in to the NBA, I'll, I'm looking. I want to see Braun. I want to see Curry. You know what I'm saying? When I watch my Heat, I want to see the stars on my team. I want to see everyone just go off. Jimmy Butler. You know what I'm saying? Everyone. So that's that's what it's all about, man. It is a star-driven league, and I think. Uh, and I mean, you brought up ratings. Now I'll, I'll say this final thing, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, you brought up ratings, and I thought about something Bill Burr said the other day. He's like, man, you wonder why the WNBA ratings are so low, but how many women are coming out here to actually watch the games and support their own people? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dang, he does have a point. He does have a point. You know what I'm saying? It's not just because the women play good basketball. They do. They're not dunking or doing all that, but I've seen highlights on Instagram, cross-ups and things like that. The women actually do play good basketball. They play great basketball. But no one's supporting it because, I mean, number one, it's not the NBA, of course. But also as well, the women aren't supporting it. Like, it's the WNBA. Where are the women at? Where are the feminists at, you know, uh, shouting for support for the WNBA? Why aren't the feminists at the game? You know what I'm saying? All those keyboard warriors and all that. Why aren't they at the game? They're not because they don't care about basketball. They just care about women's equality without actually caring about what's being given out. I mean, you know what bro, I'm saying? I hardly care about basketball unless it's superstars. Unless it's superstars, bro, right? It's, it's not like I'm even obsessed with the NBA in general. Right. Like, no, I watch, I watch the Mavericks, the Spurs. Those are my favorite teams. Spurs more so than Mavericks. Uh, 
I, I just love Luca because I mean, look, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest, Eric, about Luca. All right, I'm gonna tell you why I like Luca. It, it's a white guy playing basketball, and that's that. That enough is something to marvel at. Yeah, full blown white. <laughs> we we got. I mean, dude, we got him, Dirk, and Larry Bird. Yep, bad that's boys. It. That's it. Everybody. Bad boys. So just getting to see Luca out there, a white guy scoring basketball. Yeah. That is just amazing. Yeah. That's true. But no, I mean, mean, my final point on KD, man, is it's just what, how do I put this? I don't want to sound like a a boomer or anything like that. But I will say that the older generation has half a point, especially when you look at their sports icons and compare them to ours, that there's a lot less commitment in today's professional sports than there was back then. Absolutely. I feel like that's almost unarguable. Yeah. I, I, I feel like you can argue if that's a good thing or not. You can argue if it's more about player empowerment. Yeah. But for me, I'm all about players getting paid. I have no problem with Patrick Mahomes getting the money he's gotten. Right. I mean, you show up in the league year one, you win the MVP, and you lose to Tom Brady in the AFC title game in an all-time classic matchup. The next year, you win the Super Bowl. The next year, you're back in the Super Bowl. I mean, what, yeah. th- th- no there's one's never been a quarterback to show up and dominate like this. Yeah. Right. No problem. Patrick Mahomes made $450 million. I don't even have a problem with – football players having religious or political opinions. I really don't. I I will say I'm one of the people when Cap did his thing, I said, you know what? If you want to say it's disrespectful, that's fine. But I mean, he's first amendment. So for me, I have no issue with, you know, any of that, you know, speak your mind, you know, you can do a lot of good with your platform. You can do a lot of good with your money. Right. Um, But what I do have a problem with, and I, I I know as soon as I say this, people are going to be like, well, what about the billionaires who holds them accountable? And, and, And I'll answer that in a minute. There's just nothing entertaining or good about watching players deliberately not hold up their end of the contract and act shocked when the people that gave them the contract want to take away money from them. Yeah. A prime example of this is Kyrie Irving. Okay. I don't understand how it's even the least bit fair that he gets paid for not playing. 
I understand he had his reservations about the vaccine. He has the right to refuse the vaccine. Yeah. But I'm of the opinion that employers also have the right to say, look, you've got to get it or we can't hire you. Right. We don't, like, two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. And it's just watching these players consistently complain about making all this money and just leaving and not filling out contracts. Like, James Harden in Houston, after everything that organization did for him, all those trades, and he just left them high and dry. Sad. And and said... I don't think it's something that can be fixed. I've done all I can do. How disrespectful is that to your teammates? So disrespectful. To to gr- not just teammates, but grown men. Yeah. Like you're not talking to your little high school but these are grown men making grown salaries. These are grown men with families. Right. And you're going to say something like that. Yeah. That's I I, I don't understand it. I don't understand. And then Kyrie Irving in in Brooklyn saying things like, oh, we don't need a coach. Oh, uh, you know, Katie and I are going to be in a role of management. And then the next thing you hear, they both want out. Right. I'm like, what? This makes no sense. No sense at all. Like to, To say one thing and then the very next day, oh, well, you know, like in Boston, I'm going to retire a Celtic. I'm leaving for Brooklyn. Right. You know, KD, come with me. We'll change the culture. Oh, wait, I'm not playing. Right. I I mean, Kyrie Irving, and it's like what Stephen A. Smith says all the time. Kyrie Irving is box office. He has the best handles of all time. He's a phenomenal player. And people are mad. You know why people are so mad? This is why people get mad. I'm yeah. just going to say it, Eric, and I think you'll agree with me on this. There are God knows how many high schools in this country. Too many to count. And God knows, you know, you, you got people like LeBron James. Love LeBron or hate him. That man came out of Akron, came out of the hood, no father, only had his mom. Look at him now. Right. That's inspirational. That, in my opinion, and this is for another day, that is what masculinity is all about. Yeah. 100%. That's what it is. You, you got dealt a terrible hand, but you said, you know what? Nah, I'm not folding. I'm going to play this hand. And I'm right. going gonna, gonna to master this hand. Watch me. And you, we have watched LeBron achieve greatness. That is amazing. That is. But so, but there's no telling how many millions of people can play basketball in this country. Yeah. Of all the people playing high school ball, only the best play at the Division I level. Yeah. Of those, only the best of the best of the best get to play in the NBA. There's five starting positions on NBA rosters. It yeah. is an unbelievable achievement to make it to the NBA. Yes, it is. 
And there is nothing more, in my opinion, disrespectful than to have that opportunity and just squander it like this and treat it like it's no big deal. Yeah. And, you know, you got Ben Simmons sitting out an entire season for God knows why. Yeah. He, he's not hurt. Is he getting paid to just sit there? Just sit there. Like, because you could find a freaking homeless person to sit on the bench and pay $30 million or whatever you're paying Ben Simmons. Right. Now put that money to some good use. Exactly. I'm telling you, dude, the owners, like this contract they just put in Zion Williams, the stipulation with his weight. There's yeah. people there's people who are all like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. I'm like, bruh, he's a professional. If right. you understood, think about what actors in Hollywood go through, Eric. Yeah. When it comes to appearance and what they have to look like and their workout routines. Like yeah, you've got to put out th- put on thirty pounds of muscle for this role. They got trainers, bro. Exactly. It's hard work. It's ridiculous. It's a very gruesome lifestyle. Why do they do it? Because it rewards them ridiculously. That's the price of fame. Yep. That's the price. You work hard for it. That's facts. It's what it is. And so it's just so weird seeing people get there and they're like, whoa, you mean I have to fulfill my contract? Like, I got to do this? Like, like Kyler Murray. Oh my gosh. I used to love him. But he's gonna say a couple of months ago, you know, I just don't feel like I, I need to watch film. I I just I, I can just kind of see the film field, I guess. I'm just blessed that way. What? I'm thinking how how arrogant. Say that to Peyton Manning. Say that to Tom Brady. Or any all-time great. Any all-time great QB. I mean, dang, say that to Patrick Mahomes. Say that to Patty, my guy. Like, what? Russell Wilson, any of them. And then you say something like that, and then they put the stipulation in, you got to watch film for four hours, no video games. Right. And then he's going to say, I will not have my watching a film question. Brother. You said you didn't watch it. Yeah. You said it. You said it. And the team has reported that, you know, you've got issues not wanting to watch. And you're mad talking about they're questioning you. They don't trust you. They're giving them $230 million. Jesus. Is that not enough for trust? I mean, if I was going to give someone that much money, I'd trust them. Yeah. It's just an incentive. It's a do better. Let Kyler Murray not make the playoffs this season. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Let him let him go 8-8 eight and eight this season and, or 7-8 or and eight or anything like that. Right. Bro, that may happen. Anything less than a Super Bowl with that kind of money? Unacceptable. Hold on. What's theirs? Because I know, dude, they are in a brutal... I don't know what it is about the NFL, but 
the East, or no, my bad, the West in the AFC and the NFC is brutal. Brutal. Because in the NFC West, you've got the Cardinals, Seahawks, uh, the current Super Bowl champion Rams and the 49ers. And in the AFC West, you've got Russell Wilson and the Broncos, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Devontae Adams <laughs> uh, on the Raiders. <laughs> man, that ain't funny. That ain't funny at all, man. It's, it's sad. That's, that's tough. It's real tough. And then you got Khalil Mack, who just joined. Dude, I didn't know why there was such a big Justin Herbert love fest. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. This dude is ridiculous. And they've added Khalil Mack to that squad. Ooh. Now you know. Ooh, they're they're gonna be brutal. Oh my gosh, dude. I'm looking at this schedule for the Cardinals. You ready for this, bro? I'm looking at it with you. They're opening up. They're open oh my gosh. They're opening three games. The Chiefs, the Raiders, the Rams. That's the only three right there by itself. You could easily mess around and be 0-3. Oh, Panthers, okay, maybe win, but if you lose three in a row, it's going to be hard to flip that switch. Yeah. I mean, the, the Panthers, I'll give them a win. Eagles, I'll give them a win. Seahawks, win. Saints, win. Vikings, win. Seahawks, win. Uh, Ooh, Rams and Niners back-to-back. Chargers, ooh. That's the, them next four L's, them all L's right there. I'm sorry. Patriots. Patriots is an L. Uh, oh, here we go. I'm not even. Broncos. Oh, that's a man. They they L. <laughs> Tampa. L. Ooh, Atlanta, they'll beat Atlanta. They'll beat Atlanta. And then San Francisco depends on Trey Lance. So they've got their work cut out for them. This this yeah they got their work cut out. This is not a this is not a a good season for the Cardinals right now, as it as it looks. You know who else has their work cut out for them? Who's that? The Auburn Tigers. Man, what? Hey, hey, hey! Look, let me let me just hey, let me. Uh, I'm like Kevin Hart right now. <laughs> let me hey, let me reminisce on uh. Hey, before we get into this season, please. <laughs> oh God, wait, no. Why did you have to say something about Auburn? TJ you need Finley. to watch the kick six real quick before we talk. No, you need <laughs> to look you need to look up the headlines about TJ Finley. He got arrested on third today. No. Yeah. Well, I told you Zach Calzada is gonna be your starter anyway. Yeah. I'm willing and to put. Not, not to rub salt in the wound, but I mean, he really wasn't that good. No. I mean, these are his stats. You ready for this? Yeah, run it. 2021, 827 yards, six touchdowns, and an interception on Yikes. fifty on 54% completion passing. Hmm. All right, Zach Calzada, on the other hand, last year, I'll give you his stats playing for uh, A&M. Let me 
to get these up real quick. All I know is the dude friggin' beat Alabama. He did that, man. Yeah. That was Steven Garcia 2.0 right here. <laughs> man, he didn't have a good season either. He's in, He is a one. 17 touchdowns, 9 picks, 2. Yeah. Oh, y'all can have him. He got lucky against us. <laughs> y'all can have him. Have fun with him. But no, nah, dude, here's what I was going to say, though, about Auburn. I can't get over how freaking difficult your schedule is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let you know now. Them uh, <clears throat> them first two games, we'll, we'll take those. Uh, Penn State, uh, they're tough. They are tough at home. I I'm going to make the assumption because I grossly underestimated them last year. They are going to be tough to beat whether they're at home or they're on the road. Uh, Missouri, I give that a brother, w. Brother, real quick, real quick. This may shock you, but given that the game's in Auburn, I I, I gotta say that I think Auburn's going to take that one. We could, we could. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If, I wouldn't if it was fight in, that. Last year, I picked Penn State to win only because that's a hard stadium to win in. That stadium is impossible. I mean, Alabama did win there the last time we played there, unlike some teams, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so we got Missouri after that. So I'm, so we're sitting pretty at probably maybe 3-0. and 4-0. 4-0. LSU... I'm going to say, because they haven't showed us anything since last year either. They disappointed severely last year. So I'll say 5-0. and We take LSU. Georgia. First loss. Yeah. Prop, uh, probably going to be a first loss, depending on what we come out with. First loss. Uh, Mississippi. Ole Miss. Probably going to be a W. It's going to be a hard one. But I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say W because Ole Miss ain't nothing to sneeze at per se. Arkansas ain't nothing to sneeze at. That's gonna be a tough win, but I think we can pull that out. Uh, Mississippi State. Given what I saw last year from them, or was it Texas A and M? I'm not sure. They're tough. They they are tough. But I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that as a W. A uh, and M is going to be tough, but that's one that I think we lost last year, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm I guess I'll put they're they're nothing to sneeze at. I'm gonna give them a I'm gonna give them a uh I, I think they might take that one. Uh Western Kentucky obviously a win and Auburn, Alabama, the one that I'ma just put a big old question mark because no, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna put God knows what question you know, because ain't no telling. We don't know. It's the Iron Bowl. It's in Bryant-Denny, so I have a pretty good feeling what will happen. Maybe. If it were now, I will be fair. If it was in Auburn Stadium, I would not be confident. I would, yeah. not, I would not be very confident at all because it's the one stadium that Saban does not have a winning record in because that stadium is cursed. Things happen in that stadium that make no friggin' sense. That make no sense. At all. How how does a tip pass go up in the air forward four yards and Ricardo Lewis catches it? I mean, how, how does that happen? Yeah. 
how does a field goal get returned for a touchdown? Yeah. Now. I mean, so I, I'd say about nine or ten wins. Auburn can definitely get uh, ten wins this season. Real quick, you sound a lot better. Yeah, sorry about that. I was a little stuffy. You're good. I mean, I, I'm with you, man. I think with four and zero, oh, I mean, I, I I don't see a scenario in which you guys don't go four and zero. Now, right. I'm not going to give y'all a guaranteed win over LSU. They've got one of the top ten recruiting classes in the nation right now. Auburn, bro, I'm just going to give it to you straight. Brian Harson is not bringing it in. No. Bro, as of right now on 24-7 sports, Auburn is ranked 63rd in recruiting classes. I have to start from the bottom then. Likes. I ain't trying to talk smack or nothing, dude. This is just what it is. That start from the bottom like everyone else did. But man. hey, here's what's shocking: Lane Kiffin is at fifty-seven. Oh wow, really? So he's not bringing in the talent either. So you know we'll have to see how they are. Shockingly enough, Tennessee's at eleven. Really? They've got a better recruiting class than Florida. So in terms of LSU, hmm. I, I'm gonna. It's in. If it was in Death Valley, I'd have no problem saying LSU takes this one. But it's in Jordan Hare, so I'm gonna leave that one at a question mark. I I can't for sure say anything right now. Yeah. As far as Georgia is concerned, I I mean no disrespect, dude, but it's at Georgia. I hope we win just to spite them because I hate them so bad. I haven't seen y'all win, but I really want Georgia all to Bama self. I oh, no. Win. Get in line, buddy, because you got this more people who want a piece out of that bulldog. Oh, we – oh, oh. There's nobody that wants them more than we do. Yeah. There's... I can't believe – No, I'm sorry. I was yeah. saying I can't believe it's already – it's August, man. We're in football. We're in football time now. Oh, man. It, it, it's time, and I Thanks. promise you, Boy. Alabama has every single day marked in red. Especially one game I know in the regular season, their coach had a lot to say about my coach, Texas A and M. Oh, that's going to be a good game. You're coming to Alabama, and Alabama's going to beat the ever-loving crap out of you. Oh, I it's, can't wait. It's going to be fun. That's going to be such a good game. I know it's going to be very fun for anybody who doesn't uh, not like A&M. Yeah. Very fun. If you enjoy seeing Alabama win, I suggest changing the channel. If you don't yeah. like watching Bama win, don't watch this game. Bryce Young is going to be throwing the ball to Jacoby Myers and – uh, Jermaine Burton, everybody else. It's just, dude, last year, this is what people don't understand. Folks, Alabama in 2020 going into 2021, we lost our quarterback. We had a first-year quarterback. We had a first-year left tackle. 
we had a first we had so many so many first year players on that team we yeah. had we had no leadership on that team none and we whooped the crap out of Georgia in the SEC title game we yeah. lose the only junior leaders on our uh, offense Jamison Williams and John Mechie we lose both of them okay i'm not here to make excuses but there's no way if Jamison, you can't, there's nothing anyone can show me that says if Jamison Williams is healthy, Georgia wins that game. Now, yeah. granted, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but Georgia, congratulations, you finally won. Don't get comfortable. Don't get, <laughs> don't get comfortable. I'm so sick. You're not Clemson. I told you, bro, after the 2018 title game when Clemson won 44 to 16, I said, look, I don't ever want to see them again. Yeah. I said that's true. I know what I said. All my friends are like, oh, well, we want Clemson. I'm like, you can have them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I sound like a wimp, but mm-mm. that they're they're good. They're t- now, at this point, I'll take Clemson. But back then, I was like, nah. Nope, nobody wants to smoke with Clemson. No, not that Clemson. But nah. so – Georgia, that's a loss. Ole Miss, I'm looking at – this depends on Zach Calzada and how he develops or whatever quarterback develops. That depends. But I'm going to say that Ole Miss pulls this one out at home. Uh, that's that's surprising. I'm going to get – well, actually – Because they ain't nothing to sneeze at. They ain't nothing to sneeze at. But Matt Corral's gone. Oh, then never mind. It take them at least about a season or two to get back right on quarterback after they have a good one. So, but is Auburn going to be right at quarterback? That's the question. I think, I think that we can if we have Calzada straight and from what I've looked at with his film, real stand in the pocket guy, composed. He's tough. He can run the ball makes precision passes, which is what we need in a quarterback right now. I mean, I don't see why not. I think we'll be good. My main concern, because we can sling it with the best of offenses. That's, I mean, you look at last year's Iron Bowl. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at it right now. We had TJ Finley in there, who we know isn't really like all that, and we were 6-5. and five. But we swung it back-to-back and even went down to overtime with, with Alabama, who had Bryce, who – it had the best season of his football career Heisman last year. Right. If I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, like if TJ Finley and our offense could slam it back to back and and go back to back with Bryce young against Bryce young, then I know that TJ, then I know that uh, Zach Calzada can do it. And if if we have, you know, at least half of the, the offense that we had last year. We can sling it offensively with the best of anybody. So that's no concern. It's offense. It's defense. That's more concern for me. Our D-line prospects are always going to be amazing. Our secondary has been suspect for the last two seasons, and that's what's killed us. Getting in the one-on-one situations, you know, when we could have been playing a different defense. Last year when I said don't get one-on-one like that, that close to the end zone with, with Bama receivers. And next thing you know, we go one-on-one, and boom, y'all get the last game winning play on overtime on that one-on-one. And I'm like, don't do that. Why did you do that? 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like our secondary has to be beefed up, and we have to get better at 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 our secondary. Our D line, I love our D line. We always got some good cornbread boys up there. So you know, we've always had top some of the top uh, D linemen prospects and linebacker prospects to come out of Auburn and go to the league. D four Davis, you know, a whole list of guys. You know, so that's never a concern. But our secondary, man, oh. It's weak as cheese. Like, it's terrible. It's pathetic. So that's my point of concern. Well, Our offense, isn't, isn't Smoke Monday in your secondary? I believe he is. He is. He's a bright spot. He's he's our bright spot. But our secondary as a whole, as a unit, like, we just didn't look good last year. Yeah, and what was crazy about Auburn is they showed so much promise. Like, they beat Ole Miss. They're 6 at they're six and two, and then that was the last game they won all year. That was it, bro. I mean that. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to talk trash, but dude, like, I, my jaw was on the floor. I mean, look at that. Look at the record, man. Six and five. That's not Auburn football, right there. Well, yeah. I mean, finishing the re- a season like that. I mean, I agree, man. So, I mean, Harson's on the hot seat. But anyways, bro, this was a good one. Absolutely, bro. This was absolutely going. I'm all excited about college football now. It's football season again, bro. Thank oh, God. Dude, dude, dude. Don't even. Hey, I might be going to the A&M game. Oh, you going to be there? I might be. I might yeah, be. That's going Bro, I may just die of excitement. <laughs> Don't die. I need you to report back. I need you to let me know. Hey, Bama's undefeated when I go. Okay. I hope, that streak, I hope that streak lasts. Oh, I, we don't need hope. We don't. We just have the process at Bama. <laughs> just got the process. Huh? We believe in execution. We don't believe in luck. Yeah. Repetition. I feel you on that, bro. Oh yes, sir. I'm looking at our schedule right now, dude. Utah State, get get out of here. At Texas, Sark, you gave us a title. We love you. Don't take it personally. Just don't take it personally, Sark. We love you. Yeah. But you know, you're just you're standing in our way, man. <laughs> and you, you you got. I'm sorry. You, you Louisiana Monroe. Oh. I oh we've beaten them before since 2007. But y'all gotta play well against them. <laughs> oh my god the fact that there's actually a day where we lost to them oh yeah that won't happen again vanderbilt man we're getting the easy games at arkansas all right arkansas you're getting rolled mm-hmm. a&m i'm praying for you right now i'm praying for you look up bama's record in revenge games very, very seldom has a team beaten Bama twice in a row. The only teams to ever do it is Ole Miss and LSU. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. There's a re- Saban doesn't lose twice in a row. A&M, you can be mad all you want, but you're coming to Bryant-Denny. You ain't got Johnny Manziel to save you anymore. Yeah. We're going to kill him. And then we're going to go to Tennessee. We're going to stomp him. Mississippi State, 
they're getting stomped. At LSU, that's going to be a close one. Yeah. It's Death Valley. It's got a very similar effect as Jordan Hare, but not nearly as powerful because we actually have a winning record at Tiger Stadium. But man, think about that, though, man. That's got to make Auburn proud that, like, Jordan Hare is that dangerous of a venue to Bama. Yeah, it's that it's that poisonous. And, and I'll say this. That says a lot about the environment that Auburn creates. Yeah. That's, it's that's, just it's it's just something about, like, that vibe, man. Like, there's <clears throat> there's just even going back to when I was in middle school and high school, just being raised up around that environment, coming to school, knowing that, you know what I'm saying? You live in a state where there is not a better high school. I mean, there's not a better uh, college football rivalry in the nation than the passion that you share as a Bama fan and the passion that I share as an Auburn fan. It's just too much history there, man. And so like, it's, it's an experience like none other. It's just, just is, man. Especially at Jordan Hare. So, I've always wanted to go to a game there, but not the Iron Bowl. Like go to like a Auburn Georgia game and just wear like a Batman shirt. Yeah, just to experience the environment. Just to experience the environment. Oh yeah, I mean I, I give Auburn that credit, and I'm not gonna lie, dude. I have watched the kick six. Man, the crowd reaction. I, I've never. But I'm still sick of hearing about it. Yeah, we got we got another classic Iron Bowl coming up this year, so it'll it'll be something. It's gonna be something to look forward to, man. Oh yeah, well this is a good one, bro. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I'm your host, Eric Houston, with my co-host, Evan Elliott, and this is the Black and White Podcast. We'll catch you guys later, man. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.